Welcome to Alchemy, the home of the open mind. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the eye and ear opening and mind opening, mind splitting even, array of guests that we bring to you on as regular a basis as possible. We couldn't do this show without your donations, so thank you to everybody who does. It can be tricky at times, I know certainly at the moment, for people to donate, but it's greatly appreciated. If you would like to do so, you'll find the links on the website, alchemyradio.net. It's very, very simple. And we have an interesting guest this episode... As always, so let's get on with the show. Alchemy. 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 My guest this episode is David Weiss. Dave is the original flat smacker. That will make sense in a little while. He's all about flat earth, and besides getting the message out via his podcast, which is the Flat Earth Podcast, he's always leaving flat earth clues around the web as well. You can find him all over the place. His website is theflatearthpodcast.com. You'll also find him on YouTube, which is D I T R H, deep inside the rabbit hole. It promises to be a provocative conversation. I'm very much looking forward to it. And without further ado, I welcome David to the building. Dave, how are you? How are things? I'm doing great, John. Thanks for having me. Excited to have this conversation. Well, I'm very much looking forward to this. We've never done a dedicated Flat Earth show, believe it or not, on alchemy. This is episode 105, and I can't believe we're only getting around to it now. But I have a question before we delve into things, David, which I ask every new guest on the show, and that is, how did you get from where you were to where you are now? God, if I know, man, <laughs> um, I was I, I had a podcast called Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole where we uh, investigated all types of deceptions in the world. And there was so, there's so much deception in this world, I'm sure you're aware of. And I was speaking with a fellow researcher, Sophia Smallstorm, and there was something crazy going on in the news, which was just a total lie. And and I said to her, I said, Sophia, this world is, has so much deception. It, it blows me away. And she's, oh, David, I think it's worse than that. I think the earth is flat. And I flipped out because I was banning people from our social media for even suggesting that I watch anything having to do with flat earth. And and I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, here, watch these videos. And she sent me Mark Sargent's clues. I, um, I think she sent me Eric DeBay's 200 proofs. And I, I, I started watching those. I said, all right, that's it. I'm going to prove the globe, which will disprove flat earth. And... For two weeks, I slept a couple of hours combined, I think, and I uh, came out the other end saying, oh, my God, the earth is flat. And it took me six months before I was willing to even mention it out loud on the podcast that I did. And uh, eventually it took over. Um, I realized how important flat earth is. And, and one thing, uh, you know, anyone new to flat earth, will say at one point, they'll throw their hands up in the air and says, what difference does the shape of the earth make? Flat, round, doesn't matter. I still have to go to work. And uh, I said the same thing. But then I realized how this is the most important issue um, standing today. It is the reason the world is such a mess right now, um, because people are lost in space. Okay, we'll get on to that as we progress with the conversation. But I suppose the overarching question at the moment, David, is really, surely we all know 
that the Earth is a spinning globe and it's travelling at whatever speed through space. It was only Philistines from times gone by who thought that the Earth was actually flat and that they'd sail to the edge of it and fall off. Surely, like, that's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know, there, there's so many levels to the answer that. And I'll try to keep my answers short because I could talk for uh, nonstop. Um, but I, I will say that, you know, the, the, there's pre-programmed answers that we all had and I threw them out too. We've known the Earth has been a globe for 500 years. Aristophanes proved it with his sticks and shadows. Uh, that's a lie. That was inserted into our history books in the 1980s, believe it or not. And, and you know, when I used to say there's millions of proofs that the Earth is a ball and flat Earth makes no sense. The problem is I couldn't come up with a single proof the Earth is a ball. And everything I thought about flat Earth was a misconception that was fed to me by places like the Flat Earth Society, which is what's known as controlled opposition. It's it's a place that Google will land you. You'll go there. You'll pay. If you pay any attention, you'll be like, Flat Earth is ridiculous. But um, no Flat Earth researcher believes anything on the Flat Earth Society. It's just um, a way to gatekeep the information. Interesting. And we've obviously discussed gatekeepers quite a lot on this show over the years. There is no time where it's been more apparent that there are gatekeepers guarding different secrets and uh, different things that are actually the reality versus what our perception of reality is. But how do you get around issues such as gravity? Where does gravity come into play? If, if the Earth is flat, what's the story with it? Yeah, so gravity, uh, just so people know um, that are on the globe side, gra- gravity, uh, even declared by your high priestess of globalism, is Neil deGrasse Tyson, Gravity is just a theory. Uh, they don't know what it is. They don't know how it works. And as a matter of fact, they have to make up 96% of the equation with something that's never been seen, and they call it dark matter. It still doesn't even work with that 96% correction or 94 or whatever it is. It's um, a theory that mass attracts math. Mass, never been proven. Uh, there's one um, experiment called the Cavendish experiment, I believe, where they had two giant balls next to each other. And, you know, somehow they 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 seem to attract each other. It, it's all nonsense. None, none of it makes any sense. The way it works is the Earth has a measurable negative charge to it. It has a dielectric negative charge. That negative charge attracts everything. It just establishes what direction is down. And then after that, Relative buoyancy and density sort everything else out. Um, you know, a helium balloon goes up not because of gravity, it's because it's less dense than the air around it. Uh, a lead, you know, ball will sink to the bottom of a pool while a tennis ball will float on the top of the pool. Buoyancy and density. You know, you have to, if you believe in gravity, you believe that this gravity is holding trillions and trillions of tons of water on the outside and underside of a ball and cruise ships upside down while you and I can, with a little pressure on our legs, jump and a butterfly can fly and birds can soar and uh, it, none of that makes any sense. But uh, if you look at how energy works in our world and how the earth has an electric charge, the earth is really a giant battery and the salt water um, is where the current of that electricity gets uh, moved around. So it's a big ring magnet. Um, there's other people that can explain that part better than me, but uh, you know, if you look at a maglev train, it's not an anti-gravitic train. It's a maglev train. It uses magnetism and electricity to defy magnetism and electricity. The only true forces in this world are 
electricity and magnetism. And presumably then they're polar opposites, yeah? Yeah. Well, they're brother and sister. Where you have electricity, you have magnetism. If uh, anyone has a neodymium magnet, which are very cool magnets, you can get them online. Uh, they're super powerful magnets. Get a neodymium magnet and drop it down um, a copper pipe. First check that it doesn't stick at all, has no attraction to the copper pipe. Drop it down the copper pipe, or if you don't have a copper pipe, get a, get your, get a roll of tinfoil and drop it down the tube with all the tinfoil around it, and it will float on its way down. It'll, it'll descend at like a quarter of the speed that uh, a free-falling one would, would do. So that, that just shows you that it is electric, like, you know, magnetism and electricity um, are the true forces. Interesting. And would, would you think then that they have any correlation with the sun and the moon and the way that the sun and the moon interact as brother and sister? Yeah. So the, the sun and the moon are, are truly amazing. Uh, the moon, I would, I would list as the number one mystery of what it actually is. If you uh, Right now, at the time of this recording, the moon is pretty large and it's in the day sky. And if you look at the moon, um, if you have a blue sky where you are, you'll see that the craters are blue. Like almost like you can see through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. And at nighttime, they're black. Like you could see through it again. Uh, and also, if you look at the moon, the lit moon over the like, there's spotted clouds in the sky, which is the greatest for seeing that when you see the moon and you have like scattered clouds, nice cumulus clouds. You'll see the moon is only lighting up the ones that are right next to it. It's not lighting up the ones farther away. And according to the helio nonsensical model. The moon is 238,000 miles away. At that distance, it would light up all of the clouds at the same brightness that you see them, but it's only lighting up the ones that it's next to. So, my again, anything that's above our heads that we can't reach and we can't reach them because no one, no one can get up there, um, is speculation. But we can do experiments that that will replicate. Um, you know, that showing that the moon is its own light source. The moon is close um, and small compared to the heliononsensical model. Oh, and as far as electricity and magnetism, um, there's, there's models where the sun and the moon are the positive and the negative in the battery. And as they go, um, they circle around the earth on the equator in between the two tropics. And they're, they're pushing a wake of energy through there, just like when you push your hand through a tub of water mm-hmm. or, you know, if you get a paddle and push it through the water, you'll see opposite rotating vortexes coming off the sides of that. So that explains why storms mostly spin in opposite directions outside of the tropics in the north and the south. OK, well, interestingly, that's something that's often held up by advocates of the globe Earth model then. But you've, you've pretty much explained away one of the reasons why they claim that there is a globe as opposed to a flat Earth. Let me just let me just expand on that. The Coriolis effect you're referring to. Sure. Where people say, you know, toilets spin the opposite direction in Australia. Well, that's not true. Um, it, the, the water spins in the direction that the bowl or the, you know, the drain is set up to make that water go. I have sinks in my house that will go in different directions. Uh, it depends on how the toilet is. So that's just a myth. Uh, they spin in both directions anywhere in the world. And uh, storms spin in opposite directions in the north and the south. But sometimes a storm will cross the tropics spinning in the wrong direction. 
and that would be impossible on the ball. But it, it could happen if the sun and the moon during the formation of those storms is in a far position away. And it happens. Um, it happens. I don't want to say frequently, but it happens often enough to be noticed. So that disproves the spinning ball Coriolis effect. Good. Wow. <laughs> I don't have a lot I can say in response to that. But look, how do you explain away, David, GPS and I've got militaries and air forces. They've gone on journeys where they've started at one point and they've gone around the hallway and they've finished where they've where they started. So how can that be explained? So you've asked two questions there about GPS mm-hmm. and about uh, circumnavigation. Yeah, pretty I'll much. Answer, I'll answer both of them. So before we had GPS, before we had these crazy satellites that fall around the Earth in the perfect speed and drop to equal the, the curve of the Earth, while the Earth is spinning, uh, orbiting at 66,000 miles an hour, chasing the sun at a half a million miles an hour, while the entire system's moving sideways, these satellites can fall around the Earth and either circle the Earth you know, at a rel- at a at a specific ground speed or stay stationary over a single spot on Earth, which is literally, it's ludicrous um, if you get into it. But before they had GPS, we had a thing called the Loran system. And I, I, as a kid, on, I had a boat and it basically, it picks up, uh, triangulates radio signals from towers and it gives you, I think it was an eight or a 10 digit number. And you look at the two numbers, and you look on the map and you see where they correlate and that's where you are. And then all of a sudden it came out with a graphic overlay for the Loran system. Same thing. They just put a map on top of it and they said, oh, now it's satellites doing this. But somehow uh, the, it, the, the GPS didn't work in the same places that Loran didn't work. And that's wherever there's not land towers, such as uh, in the Southern Oceans or even in between California and Hawaii. To this very day, when an airplane flies to Hawaii from California, when it's a a couple hundred miles offshore, it goes into GPS approximated mode and it's not on GPS anymore. They just do a little math to tell you where it should be. And then when it gets within 200 miles of Oahu or or anywhere in Hawaii, um, all of a sudden it shows up in real time again. There's no GPS over the deep Amazon jungle. There's no GPS in Antarctica uh, in, in the Southern Oceans. Now, again, that that that's how that explains. Well, this is definitely a ground based thing. But one thing that NASA doesn't promote is they have the largest uh, they have a massive helium uh, satellite balloon program. They have tens of thousands of satellites weighing up to 8,000 pounds on these giant balloons that stay up for over a year. We don't know how long they stay up, but they admit that they stay up over a year, but they don't publicize this, okay? So those things could be um, used at times for GPS, but you know, you, you ask, how do you keep it in place? Well, they can control the height. You know, They can make it go up and down automatically, and higher wind goes in one direction and lower wind goes in another direction, so they can you know, keep balloons within a general area. I'm not saying that balloons are used for GPS. They might at times be, be used to assist in certain situations. Another thing, uh, this is a little long-winded answer, but I'm, I'm going to try to shorten it up. Um, when I was a kid, uh, my father lived in uh, in the Caribbean, and this was before uh, dish TV, instead cable TV and everything, and he had one of those giant uh, satellite dishes on his roof. Mm-hmm. And we were told that the signals were being bounced off of the ionosphere 
um, before I ever realized when uh, when they're referring to bouncing things off the ionosphere, they're actually referring to bouncing things off of the dome that's above us, and we can get into that in a minute. But the satellite dish would actually move, and in different spots in the sky, it would pick up um, a, seri- a network of channels, and that was very interesting. But if you look at dish television today, anywhere where there's uh, cellular towers around, the dishes will point towards the cellular towers. In the south, they still point up mostly um, to the sky because they're picking up signals being bounced off a dome, not signals falling from a satellite in an impossible vacuum, you know, that are staying in perfect position and never fail. I mean, that's absolute insanity. Then then jumping, uh, I'll jump to um, circumnavigation. Is that a good answer for, for GPS? That's a stunning answer for GPS, yeah. And I have so many questions that come from that, but we'll extrapolate that further a little bit later on. So, yeah, let's talk so, about circumnavigation. Yeah, so billions, billions with a B, people have circumnavigated the Earth. Uh, if you look at the flat Earth map, and I'll just draw you a picture for those of you that don't know what it is, hmm. it's uh, look at the UN map. Um, it, it's also called the AE map. If you Google uh, AE map or azimuthal equidistant map, that's basically the layout of the flat Earth. The North Pole is at the center, and that white rim around the outside is the shoreline of Antarctica. So if you hold a compass down anywhere on that map, the, the needle is going to point towards the center of the map, Okay. And when you so west would be 90 degrees off of that and east would be, you know, the other way, 90 degrees. If you wanted to go east or west, you have to keep turning. You know, if you go west, you have to keep turning to the right to to make sure that needle stays pointed to the north. Because if you keep going straight, you're going to hit Antarctica and you'll be going south. So east and west are circles on a flat earth. And they're also circles on a globe earth. They don't prove either. They prove that east and west are circles. This is a fact globe or flat earth you can go from america you can head west out around to you know the japan the china come around africa and you're back in new york and you've never changed directions you've been going 270 degrees the whole time or you can go the other way east from new york to africa you know all the way around the you know china and back you're in california you were going 90 degrees the entire time and you don't even notice that you're turning because a circle bigger than 100 miles around, you don't even notice that you're turning, okay? And these are circles that are way, way bigger than 100 miles. You can also go from the United States north, you know, go up over Alaska. You're heading north, north, north. And then all of a sudden, in the same direction, you haven't turned. You're going in a straight line. You're going south because you've passed the north, and north is now behind you instead of front of you. Mm-hmm. And boom, you're in China. Uh, that is a shortcut. But nobody in the history of ever has gone south from any location anywhere on Earth and come up on the other side because south is away from the center. It's a straight line and you do not return. Okay, before we get to what lies south, potentially, there are some interesting airplane routes or lack thereof, aren't there, that would back up what you're talking about regarding circumnavigation? Yeah, so so the... On the, you know, if you go and want to go from Santiago, Chile, which is the tip of South America, and you want to go to Australia, the one of the flight routes is all the way up to the northern hemisphere, over to to New York, over to California, and then all the way back down to the same latitude, southern latitude, to Australia. When the shortest route would have been over Antarctica, or just gone west or east at the same latitude, the southern latitude, until you got there. It's a much shorter trip yeah now the globe 
proponent's uh, you know, programmed answer is, well, you can't go over Antarctica because if you crash, there, there'd be no way to save you and it's too dangerous and, and whatever. You can make up excuses all you want, but, you know, the east and west route um, work perfectly. The, but if you look at those routes on a flat earth map, it's a straight line. And planes, airplanes fly over the earth plane in straight lines. They don't adjust for curvature. You know, if an airplane had to adjust for curvature, it would have to nose down a full mile every two minutes. Well, I do know from talking to pilots that in their training, they do not account for curvature. Planes aren't developed to automatically change their course to dip down. And it would be the case, surely, that if we were in a, in, in a globe or an, the atmosphere was the way it's described, that that would have to be the case, wouldn't it? Yeah, they, they, uh, the FAA manual, uh, if you dig into it, says uh, to treat the Earth as a flat, non-rotating plane. Actually says that. Wow. A flat, non-rotating plane. NASA documents, CIA documents, all sorts of official documents talk about the Earth as a flat, non-rotating plane. Think about this. If, um, let's say, you are on the equator and I am uh, literally one mile from the North Pole. Hmm. Uh, it's going to take, we're go, both going to have day and night, you know, depending on what time of year, but it's going to take 24 hours. So if it's 12 noon, 24 hours later for both of us, it's 12 noon at the same time. Okay. It takes us one, 24 hours to go around in a full circle, but I'm only one mile from the North Pole. So if you remember our math, a circle around the North Pole from one mile is 3.14 miles. So in 24 hours, I have traveled 3.14 miles. You, on the other hand, are on the equator. You've traveled 24,901 miles in the same amount of time. You with me? Yeah. Okay. So now I get in an airplane and uh, I fly from the North Pole to Ecuador and I want to land on a runway that's traveling on that, that's a north-south runway. That runway is moving sideways at a thousand, over a thousand miles per hour. How does my plane gain that that sideways speed to land on that runway? That is a very good question. Yeah. I don't have an answer and, for you, David. <laughs> yeah, and most people say, well, the air is spinning with the atmosphere. Well, that's not true. Think about a summer breeze. It goes left, it goes right, it goes up, it goes down. Gravity's not holding it down. And as a matter of fact, <clears throat> excuse me, the Earth is spinning to the east. And you would think at altitude, the air up there to stay over the same spot of land actually has to be spinning faster because it's got a bigger circle to make to keep up. But in fact, and, it, and you would think that it would start lagging behind. Like when you look into a blender, you know, the liquid on the, on the outside is lagging behind the faster spinning inside. Well, the air at 40,000 feet over the Earth, and if you want to look at the globe Earth, it is going a two to 300 miles an hour faster than the Earth. It's going eastward two to 300 miles an hour faster. It's outrunning the spin of the Earth. That alone proves to you that we are being lied to about everything. Surely we're not being lied to by NASA. How could such a big cover-up go on? We've seen the pictures of Earth from space and it looks perfectly round to me. Yeah, so the NASA even admits, everyone says, what about all the photos from space? NASA admits they don't have any photos of Earth. They got photos of Jupiter, Plat you know, Pluto. You know, I, I defy anybody to Google NASA a recent picture of Pluto and then tell me what shape you're seeing on there. There's actually an outline of Pluto, the Disney dog, on, mass, on Pluto. 
it's it's unbelievable. I've seen you know, that picture. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 they're they they actually laugh at us. They're they're mocking uh, the dare I say stupidity of the world. You know the gullibleness. Uh, it, it's part of what they do. They they literally mock us. But NASA admits they don't have any real photos of Earth. The latest photo of Earth has the word sex written in the clouds, just like Disney used to do. Mm-hmm. The only photos of Earth come from NASA and Disney. And at this point, Disney is a more credible source. Um, the the continents are the wrong sizes, that everything changes. I mean, if you look at the, the 2012 picture of Earth, it shows America twice the size it was from the previous picture. With the same size disc, so don't give me the, you know, oh, it's farther away, it's closer. And then you have to believe, so America, and you can see part of South America, and that's all you see. You have to believe that all of the rest of the continents are on the other side of that ball. I mean, it's, the ball makes no sense. You can't wrap the earth on a ball. Um, the You know, glow, go if you have a globe in your house, lift it up, look at the bottom, and there should be a sticker there that says, for ed- not for educational purposes, decorative purposes only, because they always tell us the truth somewhere. So that's the truth right there. And then the last thing is people say, what about the Himawari satellite? That takes a picture of the Earth every 15 minutes. It even shows us the clouds and the weather and everything. Well, we somehow, some whistleblower uh, gave us a link to the NASA. Uh, it was an open file, an open uh, server where we saw all of the images and what they were doing is they were using the blue marble flat map uh, painting, wrapping it on a globe and then taking current radar data and wrapping the, um, the weather, the current weather patterns on this and then adding a day and night Terminator line and releasing these as real pictures. We have access to their server where they're faking these photos. So it's not a theory. It's proven that the Himawari 8 satellite um, is faking pictures of Earth. And if NASA is faking pictures of Earth, they can be trusted for nothing else. But how would they cover it up? Is everybody in NASA lying to us? Not everybody. They're, they're, everything's compartmentalized. You know, when NASA did the moon, uh, you know, the I'll say it for those of you that don't know, the fake moon landings for the, for the uh, Saturn V rocket, you know, you need a lot of uh, um, parts for that. NASA doesn't build all the parts. They, they sub it out. So you would think that NASA would sub it out to how many, how many companies you think they would need to sub it out to? Five, 10, 50, 100, 500? Who knows? To get all the parts they need. How many different contracts, you know, companies would they need to contract with? You want to take a stab at it? I don't know. Let's say 20 other government agencies or bodies. Yeah, so that that would make sense, and you would keep control of this. They actually hired over a hundred thousand different companies. Wow! You know, this company made a cushion, and this company made a meter, and this company made a connector, and this company made a hinge, and a door, and a window, and a seal. And this way, everybody could say, "My grandfather, my father, my uncle worked on the Saturn V rocket." Are you calling him a liar? Hmm. Not a liar. He actually made those parts and sent them to NASA. Okay, and then NASA fakes, um, you know, uh, uh, rocket launches. Um, and what about the millions of people that's that watch these launches? Uh, that that's very tricky. At what they do, sometimes they don't launch anything. Other times they launch a miniature rocket. Other times they launch lighter than air rocket-assisted blimps. 
all the time that they launch anything, it flies out over unrestricted uh, airspace, you know, the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, there's no, and they crash into the ocean, and that's it. And then they're showing us CGI. NASA even admitted when they do simulations to the people in the control room, they have they can't tell the difference between a simulation and a real launch. So who's to say that all these people in the control room don't that they're in the dark? They they hey we've practiced this a hundred times. The launch went exactly like the simulation. You know why? Because it was a simulation. But they believe it's real. So very few people could be in on it at NASA. When it comes to NASA and the moon landings. I remember even as a very young person, as a child, thinking, how did they make a phone call to the moon? Was a Nixon on essentially a landline to the moon and it seemed to work perfectly without any kind of lag or latency and everything? We still don't have perfect technology for communication now in that regard. So, I mean, there are just My so many holes. That, you know, before, you know, when people, that was before I ever discovered the flat earth. Um, or knew that NASA was fake, I'd be like, well, that's different than transmitting through the atmosphere sideways. We're transmitting straight up to the moon. So we're going through the least amount of atmosphere, and then it's clear space. And I can make excuses all day. But one thing you can't make an excuse for is the time it takes uh, light to get to, you know, apparently to get to the moon. There should have been a delay of, I think it's seven seconds or eight seconds or 11 seconds, whatever it was. But during that conversation, they were responding faster than the speed of light. You can also hear in uh, some of the transmissions where there was on another channel, somebody was telling the astronaut when to talk. And they kept screwing up on the, on the timed responses. You know, the globe responses, well, they edited those, those recordings, um, you know, to take out the spot, you know, just to tighten them up, to take out the empty space like a podcaster might do. Uh, that that's nonsense. You know, the the original recordings uh, make absolutely no sense. And you know, if you look at if you if anybody can look at the the lunar uh, land the lunar lander the LEM, um, just look up you know high definition, uh, high resolution uh, moon lander, and look at it. It's made from you know cardboard, paper mache, curtain rods, duct tape, scotch tape. Uh, and you have to believe that, you know, two astronauts fully suited up, fit in that thing, along with a car they, and golf clubs. You know, they went there, they played golf, they do buggied <laughs> around. Um, anyone that takes any time to look at any of 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 it, uh, you know, will quickly realize that it's a scam. The problem is people are good. Generally, people are trusting. People are, are have have, you know, couldn't fathom a lie that big therefore they can't fathom a lie that big and they will you know make up stories to protect that lie because it's too upsetting to them uh that a lie this large could be perpetrated uh um, you know to the human race so um i actually became a flat earther before i ever looked into the moon and i was on a group uh skype chat and somebody mentioned something about the moon i was like what what are you talking about and i'm like what? That's fake? And the, everyone on the, there was like 10 people on, they were all went silent. They're like, you don't know that NASA's fake? I didn't know because I had never looked into it. I, I started on the other end of flat earth and uh, it only took me 10 minutes to look and realize that they're faking everything. They're faking ISS 
footage. They're and they're caught and and they do the most ridiculous things that are undeniable. But people are so brainwashed they can't see them. The big question, though, why would they bother? To what end is all of this? Who gains? Who wins? So, so John, this is all about control, just like what's going on in the world today with this corona thing. It's all about control and compliance. Um, if you owned a tiger, uh, you know, a wild tiger, mm. and you put him in your you know, half-acre yard fenced in, he's not going to be happy. He's going to want to get over that fence. But if you put him in a safari park that's 50 miles across, right, mm. and he one day will come up to that fence and go, eh, that's all right, fence, turn around and go live his life in the park. But you put a human in that park and he sees a fence, he's going to say, I want to go to the other side of that fence. I want to see what's over there. No matter how big you make that park, um, you put a fence on him. But if you put a human on a ball and say there's nothing more to discover, and then you put a fence over him and call it the Van Allen radiation belts and say we can't get through those, um, they're going to sit on this prison planet and give up their natural divinity. You know, if you believe, this is what people that believe in the heliononsensical model have to believe. I'm not telling you, this is what you have to believe. You have to believe that once there was nothing, it exploded and became everything. And then it coalesced into, some of it coalesced into rocky planets like ours with all the materials that we need to have what we have now. And some of it just hydrogen, you know, uh, and helium uh, coalesce to create a sun, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of times bigger than the Earth. And then the, it captured the Earth in its gravity. And then lightning struck and created an amoeba that, you know, had a baby that became a fish that grew legs that climbed out of the water and found another mutant fish with legs and had a baby who created a monkey. And that monkey had a baby, that a mutant baby that became a human. You have to believe all of that to believe in the heliononsensical model. So what does it matter, the shape of the Earth? The shape of the Earth doesn't matter. What matters is we are not a random speck in the middle of the universe created by nothing by chance with trillions of others of, of random specks. We are the center of creation here on Earth. Everything that we see in the sky is within the Earth system. The Earth is the basement of the universe is the best way I can describe it. Um, and everything we see is within that within that system. All of the planets, a.k.a. wandering stars until probably, I don't know when that was changed, but it was very recent. And they are uh, energetic lights. They are, they're all named after gods. So maybe there's something sentient about them. The, you know, what's going on in the sky is a whole nother uh, you know, rabbit hole to go down. But it has to do with our life here on Earth, our physical experience in this realm. Okay, so essentially, and correct me by all means if I've picked you up wrong, you're talking about consciousness and it's a suppression of consciousness and a suppression of our potential as creative human beings. Absolutely, 100%. So what the elite, so, so the elite have us believing we live on a ball, there's uh, we could get hit by an asteroid at any moment. Uh, terrorists want to kill us. We're running out of uh, fuel, which is fake. Um, we're global warming. They have us in fear all the time. The news, 24 hour news cycle is pure hypnosis. And they have us uh, in fear, giving up 
our rights to them, to their alleged authority. They here's the here's the thing. They don't want you to know that you have God-given free will, and they cannot take it from you unless you willingly give it to them. This is why they always tell us what they're doing uh, in different ways. They tell us, you know, in kind of casual ways, and if we don't say no, that's like saying yes. Like if you get a, a, a letter, you know, a collection letter in the mail, and you don't respond to it, and then they send you, you know, they tell you again and again, and you don't respond to it, you're agreeing that you owe that money because you didn't respond. Everything is a contract and an offer in this world. And so they tell us, we don't say no, we're consenting. They don't want us to know that our thoughts create our reality. Now, when I've heard that the first time, I was like, oh, come on, mm -hmm. come on. But think about it. Every single thing you have in your life was a thought first. You know, I'm talking to you on this computer right here, um, and somebody thought about it before they created it. Uh, everything I have in my life, I thought about it before I manifested it in my life. You know, I have a, a very interesting life and, you know, my career has taken turns that I could never have imagined if I hadn't imagined them. I imagined them and then it happened. So our thoughts create our reality. The elite don't want us to know that. They want to keep us in fear, which lowers our thoughts, lowers our vibration level. They want us to give away our our, our rights among ourselves to them. And, you know, we do that every single day uh, and they feed off of that energy. This is a spiritual war, if I dare say. Um, and the way they're winning, uh, the way they're trying to win, I don't want to say they're winning, is because most people don't even believe that's a thing. What you're saying makes a lot of sense to me, David, because you're describing tacit consent and revelation of the method and all these seemingly disparate things. I mean, why do we see seemingly predictive programming coming up in popular media that seems to foreshadow an event that happens? Look at all the 9-11 bits and pieces that were littered throughout popular culture for decades prior to actual September 11th, 2001. If I were the powers that be and I was relying on a kind of a, a dumbed down populace to keep them in control, the last thing I want is them having a raised vibration. I want them at the lowest possible vibration so that I can control them. And the first thing I would do would be to disconnect them from who they are and where they are. And that really is where the globe versus flat earth comes in for you then, is it? Absolutely. I, you know, before this, um, I would be listening to researchers talking about stuff. And as soon as they mentioned anything about religion, God, Jesus, anything, I would discount everything they say and I'd move on because I was Mr. Science, Mr. Atheist. Uh, none of that. I wanted none of that. But then when I realized the earth is intelligently designed, I realized there is a creator and I'll leave it at that. Anyone can take it to any level that you want beyond that. But there's a creator. This place was designed for us. We can only live here, right? Uh, the, and I believe that the Earth is, you know, not a, not a sphere, but there's more. There's more land. There's more, um, you know, extra terrestrials come. Uh, the word extra and terra territory, extra land uh, beyond Antarctica. There's more land, in my belief. But again, they put a fence around us at the 60 degrees south. Uh, which is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles before Antarctica, you can't bring any fuel south of there. And then when you get to Antarctica, there's hundreds of miles of frozen ice and darkness and cold and no GPS and no compass works. And, uh, you know, where are you going to go? But there's plenty of stories of, you know, what's beyond there. And Antarctica is the highest land on Earth. So 
uh, you know, we live in the Antarctic basin and <laughs> where, where was, wait, what was your question again? I'm sorry. What kind of went sideways there? Well, no, it wasn't a question per se. It was more an observation regarding consciousness and tacit consent and predictive programming. But I do have a question and I was about to ask you about Antarctica because it's something that fascinates me. Let's say we take at face value for the purpose of the conversation that Antarctica is not as described and it is the ice wall as you've just described. So you've indicated there that you think there, there may be something on the other side, other lands, whatever it is. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because that's something that absolutely fascinates me. We do hear tales, people like Admiral Byrd who explored Antarctica, but we also hear lots of myths and legends. You mentioned extraterrestrial beings. They don't come from nowhere, whether they're interdimensional, whether they are from outer space as it's described or whether they're from someone else and the truth quite often is neither of the polar opposites that were presented by two sides of an argument it's quite often somewhere in between or somewhere that's completely from left field so what are your thoughts on that do you think that if we were to hop over the ice wall that there would be other vast territories or maybe the utopia that's often spoken about or what's over there yeah. So, so again, anything past uh, the shoreline of Antarctica is speculation. But again, we can model lots of these things out. Um, just quickly on extraterrestrials, they could be visiting here uh, on a conventional airplane, you know, in a day flight. They can come for lunch and go home. They don't have to travel trillions of miles through space, then come here and crash in Roswell. It do- it doesn't work that way. Um, you know, people there. I believe that there is a. Uh, anti-gravitic uh they call it the sequel secret space program i I just believe it's an anti-gravitic uh craft program to travel over the flat earth plane the outer space outer spaces south across the plane that's outer space okay that's within the earth plane all of the largest telescopes on earth are in the south and they're pointing outwards they're not pointing up they're Mm. pointing south Okay, which is away from the center of the Earth, that in itself is fascinating. Um, there is also, you know, in 1957, the Antarctic Treaty happened, where all the countries, all the United Nations countries of the world, you know, even though we're having us wars and you know Russia and all this stuff, we all signed. We not must save the penguins and the ice. Ice is very important. We must not make sure no one drops a cigarette butt down there. But meanwhile, we can deforest, you know, the rainforest, you know. This is the most ridiculous thing ever. Well, people will throw out, hey, uh, thousands of people go to Antarctica every year. Well, there's 15 or so different companies that um, have trips to Antarctica, and they're all owned by the same company. So there's really only one company. It'll cost you ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 or more to go for three days where they're going to show you the wall, which is basically just the shoreline of Antarctica. It's not a wall like the Game of Thrones. Hmm. It's the shoreline of Antarctica, and it's like a 200-high-foot wall at most points, at, at many points. Um, and then there's a flat you know, tundra of ice that goes for hundreds of miles. And then there's a mountain range all the way around that's higher than Antarctica. I'm not higher than, uh, I'm sorry, Mount, um, it's a big mountain. Mount Everest. Mount Everest. Higher than Mount Everest, right? So we live in the Antarctic basin. We live in the world pond where the shoreline of that pond or that lake or whatever, or the ocean is the shoreline of Antarctica. So I just recently uh, uh, published, a, 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 I shared a video on, uh, on my app that uh, talked about sky ice that, you know, we hear about them testing ice down in Antarctica. 
Well, a whistleblower from down there says that they're actually testing this thing that they call sky ice that comes from way out, out, out south, um, where there's this ice that uh, doesn't melt. It shrinks rather than melting. So if you have a big block of it and you put it on your couch, it will disappear and the couch won't be wet. Um, it's very uh, unique ice. And they're saying that they're drilling it out of the dome. For those of you that don't know, um, many, most flat earthers think that we are inside of a domed world, which makes a lot of sense and explains how we can have space next to a pressurized atmosphere. You have to have some sort of barrier. And that could be this. Uh, and this ice is blue like the sky, which is also fascinating. Hmm. So some people think that there's another ring around us with a whole other world with its own sun and moon. Other people think that maybe there's other puddles out there, just like our puddle uh, with its own sun and moon. Some people think that there's just more continents out there beyond, uh, you know, a couple hundred miles of ice of Antarctica. And there's other continents out there. And, you know, maybe there's other suns out there. All of this sounds crazy in the heliocentric model. But it's not crazy at all if you understand what the flat Earth model is. Well, you know, if you look up flat Earth and, and Google, you're going to see the heliocentric system with all the round planets and then a flat Earth, you know, and, and it's floating in there, a square flat Earth or a disk flat Earth. That's not what any flat Earther believes. You've got to wipe out the entire heliocentric model. So Antarctica is where the answers are. There's also probably answers in the north, at the North Pole, which could be an oasis, but... You know, they've brainwashed us all to think that it's cold, dark, freezing, and you lose your fingers and have to eat your sled dogs if you try to go there. So that's where the answers are. Uh, that's why it's off limits. Uh, the whole Antarctic Treaty, you know, people say, well, why don't you just get a, you know, a plane and a ship or, or go? Uh, you can't. It, it's not that easy. Even if they would let you, which they won't, they'll stop you with force. Um where are you going to go? You're going to go into the darkness. You're not going to know where you are. You're going to get lost. And then the New York Times is going to publish an article about how some crazy flat earthers, you know, cost, you know, tens of millions of dollars in rescue efforts trying to find them after they crashed their plane or got lost in a storm or whatever. And it just further um, increases the fence that they put around us. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. And I would be immediately skeptical of anything that's off li limits or anything that's banned or anything that's forbidden when it's... John, think about it. They, they don't want us disturbing the ice and the penguins for conservation reasons, but we can deforest, you know, old growth rainforests to, just to make palm oil, right? Please. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. It's also probably the only time in history that you've managed to get so many countries to agree on one thing, and that's what they agree on. And, and so, well, why why wouldn't Russia rat us out? You know, they have their own space agency. You know, they they this and that. Russia and the United States are not enemies. It's all a show. There's mm. no nobody died in the Cold War. It's all just a show. It's the military industrial complex. It's control, fear and control. You know, people are afraid of nuclear bombs or afraid of being blown up. It's all utter nonsense. I'm going to hit you with something from my own experience, David, and I'd love you to bat this one away. I don't think you're going to be able, but I'd love you to. I've spent quite a lot of time over the years on the coast, and I have numerous times seen boats disappear over the curve of the globe Earth. How can you explain that if it's flat? <laughs> So our 
optics have outgrown their lies. So the thing, you know, looking at things in the distance, very weird, uh, mirage things to happen. But as a boat goes away, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And when you're, if a, <clears throat> excuse me, if, um, excuse me, I had to get a drink. If, uh, if a, if a, um, six foot person, six foot person is standing at the edge of calm water ocean, hmm. according to the sphericity of the earth, the, at three miles, the horizon will drop below his eyesight. So three miles is a six foot drop in the horizon. And any water beyond that will be beyond um, that view. But again, we can see water well beyond that. So when a ship goes away, the bottom of that ship has the lowest angular size to your eyes. The top of that ship, you know, imagine that ship was as tall as a tall building. Um, you have a, it's a wider angle. So your eye has an angular resolution limit of 0.2 degrees. So anything smaller than 0.2 degrees of an arc is invisible to your eye, even though it's still there. So as a ship goes away, the bottom of that ship disappears first for several reasons. One, if it's perfectly calm, zero humidity, it's going to disappear because of angular resolution. Okay, And then the ship is eventually going to disappear. The problem is we can take our P900 Nikon or P1000 super zoom cameras, zoom in, and the entire ship comes back into view only because you're increasing its angular size. Mm -hmm. Okay, We did sense. an experiment in a Home Depot where they had a you know perfectly smooth cement floor, flat. Everyone can agree that it is not curved. And we took an iPhone and we put it on the floor with the camera side as low to the floor as it can get. And we put a red brick an inch away from it. And the red brick filled 180 degrees of the view of the camera. Then we dragged that brick farther and farther and farther away until it disappeared. Right? So then we lifted the camera up a couple of feet and it could see the brick again because we increased the angular view of that brick. We brought the camera back down. The brick was now invisible. OK, there's also a little bit of miraging going on on the floor, which was hiding the brick. Then we stacked three more bricks on top of that. And the camera could see the, the three bricks on top of the first brick. So if we dragged it further away, the second brick would disappear. Things disappear from the bottom up due to angular size. Then you add in atmosphere waves, you know, all sorts of stuff. And things disappear because of that. And that's how ships disappear. You can zoom them right back in. We have hundreds of videos. I'm going to tell everybody where you can find this stuff because if you Google flat earth, uh, you know, is the earth flat, boats over the horizon, Google is going to feed you government propaganda. It's going to feed you the debunking videos, which are all pathetic beyond belief. But I have a way around all of that. Hit me with it. So I have a, an app which I created called the Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app. I actually built it just so I could show people how the Flat Earth works. It has a you know a time lapse. It shows you how the seasons work. Sun goes in and out. I put frequently asked questions. I, I built it just so to show the model. But then uh, people started loving it, and I added a frequently asked question page where 
the next 21 questions any of you have are on that page. You click the button and it brings you to a playlist of videos. Like if you said, hey, Dave, how does uh, – how does, what about um, NASA moon fakery? And I sent you a, a video about how they fake the moon. The next video that comes up would be a debunking video of that, according to YouTube's algorithms. Again, which is just pathetic, filled with lies and misconceptions and and you know fake arguments. Um, but the app will feed you uh, video after video after video on that topic. So it, it has that. And then every day on the app. Uh, there's a featured video that pops in during the week. There's short videos. And then during the weekend, I, I try to put longer videos on there. And if you watch that video, the next video that's up will usually be a video on the same topic that I selected, not Google. And again and again and again, it'll be a playlist of videos. So you can you know, say, hey, I need some more information. I need some more information. All right, let me go do that experiment myself. That looks pretty good. Let me go test that myself rather than just watch a video and believe. Um, so the app will lead you down a path that you will never come out. It's literally Morpheus is holding out the blue pill and the red pill. And if you get the app and take what I call the Flat Earth app challenge, which is watch the featured video every day for two weeks, and it'll be equivalent to taking the red pill, and there's no turning back. You Once you see the Flat Earth, you can never leave the Flat Earth. Well, that's the thing. There is no going back, really, is there? <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, let me also tell you that um, I, uh, I and people go, oh, that's it. He's in it for the money. He's in it for the money. Well, the app cost me uh, five figures and continues to cost me more money every day as it, as we add more features and pay for the services that make it a, uh, able to do what it does. So the app costs two dollars and ninety nine cents one time fee. All right. And you have it. It's the. It's literally. It's a half a beer. If you're going to buy someone a beer, and it will not only help you learn about flat Earth. It'll. If you are a flat earther and you want to show your friends, if you're explaining flat Earth to them and you break out the app, every single time you show them, you turn on the time lapse and they go, "Oh, that's how it works." Right. After a show like this, I get tons of emails. People going. Hey, I heard you on the show. I thought you were ridiculous, but you sound you had some interesting arguments. So I got your stupid app, and I and I took the challenge, but I didn't want to wait. So I hit the video archive button, which has every single video month by month that's been ever been posted on the app. And I haven't slept in two days. I hate you. You've uh, the earth is flat. Now what do I do? Okay. And this is the I get the story again and again and again. Almost everybody in flat Earth got into it by trying to disprove it because we thought it was the dumbest thing ever. We all have the same story. I thought it was stupid. I took the time to look. Oh my God, it's flat. One more thing about the app. When you get the app, uh, you're going to get a pop-up as soon as you load the app that says, hey, would you like to subscribe for 99 cents? The reason that is there is because many people who love the app said, hey, we, can you put a donation button in there? And Google and Apple do not allow donations. So I put a pop-up that only shows up once every 24 hours, and it could be X'd out immediately, okay? And, uh, and then you still get everything. But if you wake up every day and say, I can't wait to see what's on the app today, maybe you want to try to support me. Um, as I said, is I had my own company. I was doing very well. I had, uh, I was, you know, plenty of money coming in. I left all of that to do this full time, and the app and uh, you know other things I do support me in this. So I don't do it to make the money because I was making plenty of money. Um, I do it because I want the world to wake up. And 
you know, I've woken people up to what I called, uh, you know, exposing the big three where I talked about the New York event, the Connecticut event and the Boston event. But people just go right back to sleep even after they see that. But when you wake up to the true creation of our world and where you are, who you are, what you are, uh, it changes your life forever for the better. Life only gets better. So um, best two ninety nine you could ever spend. And if you own the app. Share it with somebody. Gift it. On the Apple, you can actually gift it to somebody and uh, send it to a family member. Send it to a friend. Tell them to take the challenge, and then you'll have somebody you can talk to. Well, I can speak to that because I have gifted the app to a number of people, and it has sparked some extremely interesting conversations and paradigm shifts in my immediate yeah. circle of friends, which has been really, really interesting to watch happen. That, that's awesome. And uh, I love it. I'm blessed to be able to do what I love, to sell something that is more for the person that's buying it than the $2 that I get when you buy it. Okay? It, it, is, it, is, uh, it is waking up millions of people uh, all around. It, it's, it's, you know, we are at the precipice of a paradigm shift. You know, five years ago, six years ago, when we got into this, you mentioned Flat Earth. People laugh at you and call you a moron. Now you go, you know, I heard something about that. You know, I heard there was an app. Where can I learn more? So it's there. There's big shows. You know, I'm a, I've been on Veritas Radio. They're, everyone there is flipping. Uh, Owen Benjamin, I don't know if you know who he is. Yep. He's got a big following. All of his followers now understand the moon, you know, NASA the lie, Earth is flat. Uh, SGT Report, uh, Infowars. Uh, any show that I can go on and people <clears throat> will will listen and research, um, they they all start to see. The, the, the problem is we have a, a big disadvantage against uh, the helio nonsensical model because this is what it takes to believe in the globe. Hey, I'm a teacher. The earth is a globe. It goes around once every 24 hours. That explains why it's day and night. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Good. And then you believe in the globe. That's it. You're done. You can go watch a movie, take a nap, drink a beer. It doesn't matter. But if you truly want to understand the truth of this world, you have to take the time and the effort and the thought. And uh, I'll tell you one thing. Um, In the last six years, I haven't had one moment of boredom. Well, I can't imagine you would have. I mean, talk about where you started and where you've come to. That must have been, I was going to say destructive, probably the wrong word, but I'd say it was a bit of a roller coaster of a ride. Like, how did family and friends react when you had your awakening, for want of a better word? Well, so that's, you know, this, I'm going to probably scare a couple of people away. Um, <laughs> my brother and sister, we've never discussed the flat earth because they are asleep to everything. They are full matrix goers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they eat a blue pill for breakfast every day. You know, if the reference to the matrix there. Yeah. Um, my mother, who recently passed away at 94, uh, she got it. She understood. She saw it. Now, I'm going to tell you an interesting story about that, by the way. Uh, and some of our closest friends uh, won't talk to us anymore. But that's OK. I have hundreds of new friends. Um, and I don't I don't you know, it's their problem. Some some people are just not meant to wake up. And I never force the conversation on anybody. When I go out with my what I call normie friends, baller friends, uh, I don't bring it up unless they bring it up. But luckily for me, I'm so outspoken. I'm so out there. I'm so on so many things that people are seeing me on interviews everywhere that they bring it up. Nothing can make me happier when they bring it up because then the door is open and we could have the conversation 
And, uh, you know, I wear I wear flat earth T-shirts to all different kinds, you know, subtle ones and stuff. And that way someone sees it and they're like, hey, what is that? What do you mean? And uh, it, it's a great way to open the open the door there by you know, just wearing a T-shirt if you're if you're into it. Um, so, yeah, you might you might temporarily lose um, some, you know, distance, make some relationships more distant. But over time, you will grow a, a group of friends. You know, the, the Flat Earth community, I'm going to um, a, a, it's a meetup. It's, a, it's actually a mini conference called Flattoberfest on October 24th in South Carolina. Anybody in the area that's listening to this, uh, you want to go there, flattoberfest.com. Um, it's a one-day event on a Saturday. Uh, there's there's several hundred people that are going to be there. And when you're there around all of these like-minded people, every single person there is literally your best friend. It's it's unreal, the, the being around people that are awake and aware and alert. You don't have to talk about politics, sports, weather, um, you know, corona. It's, it's awake people. And there's nothing like it. Well, it is very interesting to see how over the past few years, Flat Earth has gone from a completely taboo subject, even within alternative media. Like I remember going to Free Your Mind conference in Philadelphia a couple of years ago. I think it was 2017, not so long ago. And there were there was like an, an open session with questions from the audience to some of the speakers who were on the panel. Somebody stood up and said something about Flat Earth and there was consternation in the room and it was basically basically shut down the conversation was shut down not by the organizers but by other people in the audience yep. and i thought that was really really interesting just to see how strong the programming was and i mean there was a full-blown fight pretty much i mean verbal fight yeah. across the room on one side and the other like in a room of so-called open-minded people if there was something that i disagreed with i feel i have to look at it it's my obligation to look at it otherwise i need to keep my mouth shut because my opinion, while I might be entitled to it, doesn't hold any weight one way or another if I'm not willing to look at the other side of the story. And that leads me on to a question, and I haven't forgotten the story about your mother, David, but there are some people who say, well, the whole Flat Earth movement is just that, a movement and a psyop. What would you say to that? First, let me comment on uh, um, the, the I, I was doing my, my Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole podcast, and I was open to anything, but Flat Earth ah, crosses the line. I literally was there. I was that person. Flat mm. Earth, the way we've been indoctrinated to, to think what it is and the amount of ball indoctrination we have is insane. Um, and so I wouldn't look at it, but then, then it opened my mind. And when you open your mind to Flat Earth, um, it opens to a lot of other things. All of a sudden you can see it's like putting on a pair of glasses that you know that make you see everything so um that that's amazing there so you know all you have to do is give it the time there, there's so many people that say well i looked into flat earth no they didn't they typed in flat earth they went to the flat earth society and they got they got gated that's all yeah. what was your question what was the next question there is kind of um i suppose an element out there who would see the flat earth movement as a psyop what would you say to that said the same thing because that's the only thing you could do because you're protecting your ball. Nobody likes having their ball taken away. You've been programmed before you can talk that the earth is a ball, Sesame Street. As a matter of fact, the, today's video on the app is a, uh, a famous uh, Sesame Street clip with the Yip Yaps and a baby, you know, uh, uh, teaching, you know, basically it teaching you 
the heliocentric model. It's un it's unreal, and it's teaching kids before they can talk about the sun, the moon, the the earth, and the helio nonsensical model. Um, so I said, yeah, it's a psyop. It's to discredit all of the other work. You know, it's to make conspiracy theorists look stupid. Hmm. And I actually believe that. But you know why? Because I didn't look into flat Earth. Because I said, it's it's a psyop. I'm not looking into it. Uh, it's going to discredit all the work I've done on everything else. And then Sophia forced me to look at it unwillingly. And I said, I'm going to debunk it. I'm going to prove the globe. And then once I saw it, I'm like, the psyop is believing that it's a psyop. It's a dream within a dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a great description. Um, you mentioned your mother, age 94, and there was a story about her kind of acceptance of the new paradigm. What was that? Yeah, so my mom, I explained it to her, you know, uh, probably, you know, five five years ago or so, and she got it, and we had discussions about it, and, you know, she, she was rounding out her life, and uh, it was interesting, and she said, very smart, and she got it, and she asked good questions, and when I gave her answers, she comprehended them and all as well, and, you know, we never really dug into it, but I was visiting my mom uh, last year, and she she lives in a a, a, a senior facility, a senior community, and uh, she was you know living on her own there, you know with assistance if she needed it. She had her own apartment until she, at age ninety one, fell off her bicycle. Okay, so she was then moved into the healthcare facility where she had around the clock um, help, and. I was visiting her and she was uh, taking a nap at one point and I went to the nursing station. And I said, hey, is there anybody here over 100 that has their their wits about them that I could talk to? And they're like, oh, Ruth right over here. And Ruth was sitting in the dining area um, having a snack. And I wanted to interview her about the World's Fairs, which is another massive deception. Yeah. And about how, um, you know, the World's Fairs were where they introduced some technology, lights and electricity and um, I was talking to her about that, and I said, hey, Ruth, when you were a kid in school, what did they teach you about the Earth? And she goes, they taught me that the Earth was flat in elementary school. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I broke out my camera live, didn't know what she was going to say next, and I started interviewing her on it. And she went to school in Connecticut, where I live, uh, told me in detail the names of school and everything, and they taught in the early in the 1920s that the earth was flat. And then later, several years later, they changed it to the earth as a ball. And she just figured that science was getting better. Um, but they taught her that the earth was flat. She's not the only person. We, uh, my, my podcast, the fly, I do the flat earth podcast and my, um, co-host was, I think he was on a bus or waiting somewhere and he was bored and there was this old woman next to him and he figured he'd do what we call flat smacking, basically just start <laughs> having a conversation and, tell him about flat earth and he starts talking to her and he goes well you, did you know that the earth is flat and she goes yeah she goes i was taught it in school in the 1930s in croatia okay in wow. the 1930s they were still teaching flat earth in the 1920s in the usa they were still teaching flat earth so then we started digging further and we found newspaper articles about teachers in the 1920s that were introducing heliocentric model into their curriculum and were being threatened with, you know, for teaching that nonsense. So to say that we've known the earth is flat for 500 years is an outright lie. Okay. And they, they switched it over 
And then we went into the Great Depression. And then we had World War One and World War Two, whatever order those came, you know, with all the dates. And they basically started destroying history about the great civilizations that were here before us in the 1800s. 1800s was a far more advanced civilization of people. That's a whole nother thing. Um, and by the way, on the app, there's a, 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 a page that has 15 different links to different things. And one of them is about the mud floods. If you haven't heard about that, um, go there. Mud floods in Tataria, the civilization that was here before us. And you'll realize that everything about history is a lie. Anything before 1900 is an unknown. Um, you know, 1850, anything before that is, is utter nonsense. Uh, when, when you start looking at all of the stuff. So I actually told people, I said, hey, we have very little time to interview centenarians, people over 100. Mm. Uh, go to old age homes, start interviewing these people, find out what they were taught in grade school, you know, find lucid people and interview them. And literally a couple days after people started doing that, we went into the corona lockdown and you couldn't get into any old age homes. So perhaps... I am responsible for this lockdown. <laughs> well, perhaps you are. Um, you'll be the most wanted man around if that's the case. But flippancy aside, you've mentioned Tartaria. We did a very interesting episode with Max Egan on the show relatively recently about Tartaria and mud floods and the historical timeline, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Do you think there's a reset going on again? You know, it, from my research, when I've seen, it looks like there's a research every 150 to 200 years, which makes us uh, do. You look at what the elite are programming, you know, every news show, every, there's the Great Reset. They're talking about the Great Reset, yeah. every commercial, yeah. the Great Reset. It's, it's uh, I, I would say that for people that are just learning about this stuff, that sounds petrifying, but it's not petrifying. This is what they're trying to do, whether they're causing the reset or it's a natural cycle and they're aware of it, but they're, they're, they're hogging it for themselves you know, to save themselves or perhaps even that they know that only a certain number of people can get through it and they're trying to preserve the human race. I don't know. All of that is speculation. But do I believe a reset of some sort is coming? I, you know, if you, if you made me bet on it, I would bet, yeah, there's, there's a reset coming and it's coming soon. I tend to feel the same way and I think all the signs are pointing in that direction, especially when you manage to strip back the lies and the layers of so-called history, which is the lie agreed upon. But I think it's very interesting that you say it's not necessarily something to be scared of because on the surf surface of it, it is scary. But when the narrative is controlled, as we know it is, for the great yep. many people, it's very easy then to scare people. It's also very easy to erase history if you control the narrative. It's only going to take a couple of generations to do it. A lot of people will be shocked to hear about your story about the old folks home and how somebody less than 100 years old would have been taught that in school when we're told it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago and going back to Copernicus and Galileo and all these so-called people. 102. 102. Well, well, there you go. I mean, it's a blink of an eye, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it, it's you know, talk, talk about um, the history. Um, you know, Aristophanes with the sticks and shadows or as well in sticks, the story changed over time where he me he figured out the shape of the earth, the diameter of the earth by using some geometry with the angle of the shadows. Um, that problem with that is it assumed that the light rays were coming in parallel but on a flat earth, that exact experiment works with a small local sun that works with the same exact results. You know, I can put 
two, uh, you know, stand two uh, sticks upright on my table and put a light over one of them. One of them will have no shadow. The other one off to the side will have a shadow. Then I could do some geometry and prove what, what, how spherical my table is. You know, by that and, and assuming it's a sphere and that those angles have to converge in the middle, I can tell you that my table's a sphere. Well, they did the same thing with the Earth, and it makes no sense. It works on a flat Earth. So Aristophanes, the most famous mathematician from 500 years ago, uh, was never mentioned in any books until the 1980s when he showed up in Rockefeller textbooks. <laughs> okay? He was inserted to hide the, the, the flat Earth and perpetuate the globe lie. It's amazing. It's like stripping back the layers of an onion. Yeah. You mentioned something earlier, David, um, which I made a note of because it would have been remiss of me not to get you to give me more detail on it. But you mentioned the earth running out of fuel and fuel crisis and that kind of thing as being fake. What did you mean? Yeah, so, you know, the fact that we're cracking the earth to get gases out of it, that's a crime against humanity, against the earth. The earth is... Uh, in my in my view, a living a living uh, thing, and and we're taking the oil out of it. And the oil you can look at it as like the blood of the earth, and we're burning that. Um, so you know we're emptying all these oil wells, but go back to those old oil wells. They don't tell you that they're full again. Hmm. They the earth the oil replenishes. Oil you know to believe in the heliocentric model, you have to believe that oil comes from dead dinosaurs. Think about how much oil we use. Okay, you know, how come a bone doesn't show up in my gas tank or something? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so ridiculous. It, it's pathetic. But the truth is um, half of the energy, most of the energy that we get doesn't come from burning these fuels. It's just a cover. Yes, you can burn fuel. Yes, you can get plutonium, boil water, create steam and move pistons and create electricity. But most of the electricity before, you know, before this round of civilization, before the last reset, there was wireless electricity, you know, clean electricity coming from the earth. Tesla proved that you can take energy out of the earth and distribute it for free, endlessly, wirelessly, clean. Uh, you know, large jets, I don't believe, use fuel. They, they're using air. And it's very provable, you know, by the, the amount of fuel that they say that they use. So, you know, and if you look at these uh, large transmission lines that crisscross all over the country, some of them go in circles and they end up where they started. So wh what is the point of making these lines? I thought it was to transfer energy. They're harvesting energy. The higher off the ground you get, every meter off the ground you get increases the amount of electricity that you can pull out of thin air. So, you know, we're, we're being lied to about everything, including air travel. I was on a plane. I went to Texas, uh, you know, a month or two ago, and there was 14 people on the plane, okay? Uh, the amount of fuel that they'd have to use, they're, they're, they're eating, they're losing money, uh, according, according to them. But the next time you're on an airplane, close your eyes, listen to the engines. They're electric engines. They're, you're hearing electric engines. You're not hearing a combustion engine. I was in uh, in, in – uh, where was I in uh, off of Mexico, whatever. And the plane came in Costa Rica and I watched it come in from New York, direct flight from New York. It landed. I watched it the whole time. They never fueled it up. I got on it. We went back to New York. OK, now people say, well, they filled it in New York because fuel is cheaper. You can make excuses all day, but they're not putting 
fuel on these planes. If you if you look at, um, you know, the amount of fuel that they say is in the wings, sit over the wing, wait until you land, and watch those flaps go up. When they put the extended flaps out, the wing is don't have fuel tanks in there. They're they're filled with hydraulics, right? They're lying about everything. You know, there's cars that run on water, not on fuel cells. They run on water. They're 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 a little bit of electricity and water, a solar panel, a battery, and water. But they don't want you to know about that because they control us with energy. They control us with fake money. Uh, you know, you need the money to buy the energy to survive. So that's how they control us. And they have us doing it willingly because all the information's out there. It's amazing. The rabbit hole goes so deep. I feel like we could talk for days about so many different topics, David. It's just... Yeah. We've we've kind of touched on so many little things, but it all comes from one place, doesn't it? It all comes from that left-right paradigm. It all stems from where we are, and that leads us then to who we are. Right. It it it's you know if you think you're a random speck lost in space, you can't make any rational decisions yourself. They have us off balance. For those of you that meditate, even those of you that don't, try this experiment. So. If you're, a, if you're a globe believer, because just because you haven't looked in, that's what you were taught and you haven't looked into flat earth, you believe that we're spinning at 1,000 miles an hour, which is faster than the speed of sound. That means when you're watching the sunset, the sun is fall going down because you're falling over backwards faster than the speed of sound. Okay, While that is happening, you're orbiting the sun at 66,000 miles an hour. You can't fathom how fast that is because a rifle doesn't even get – doesn't take a – a chip off of that speed, right? You, it's a speed faster than your imagination can imagine. And while doing that, you're chasing the sun at over half a million miles an hour. Again, ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. So I want you to go outside, sit on the ground, close your eyes, and imagine all of those motions, spinning, orbiting, rocketing. And while that's happening, the entire galaxy is going sideways at 1.2 million miles an hour so you're going in four directions at once while you're sitting there imagining all those speeds you might throw up okay because it's just ridiculous <laughs> yeah. so then shake that off open your eyes shake it off sit down and imagine yourself sitting on the foundation of the universe it does not move it's solid it's 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 not spinning it's not orbiting and you'll feel yourself connecting to that truth and you'll feel the empowerment coming into you and just that alone can set you on your flat earth journey and once you start seeing you know how important you are how um you know we i believe that we chose to be here in this physical incarnation at this time because we knew about this time and this is fun right i'm having the greatest time ever because i love two things I love puzzles and I love roller coasters. And we are on one hell of a puzzle and one hell of a roller coaster right now. So this is an amazing, amazing time. Um, so with that said, just look into this stuff. And when you see it, your life will change like you can't even imagine. No question about it. And I think the first port to call is the app. Before we give details and stuff again, I've one more question for you, David, because we've we've kind of spoken about what might be out there, what might be up there, but what's below there? Like what could be underneath a flat earth? Oh, thank you for reminding me. That so so here's the thing. On the earth, flat or globe, the deepest hole ever dug, uh, it was something it's I think it's called the Great Borehole or something like that. It's just short of uh, 8 miles. Mm. So we'll just call it 8 miles. 
And at that point, they couldn't drill, no matter diamond drills, explosions. They couldn't get past that eight-mile mark. There was an impenetrable barrier uh, that was – they tried for years and couldn't get through it. Okay, So that's equivalent to an apple and drilling almost through the skin. Okay, mm. During the digging of this eight-mile hole, they used ground-penetrating radar, whatever technology they had – uh, to see what they were going to be drilling into, and they were wrong every step of the way. They were wrong every step of the way. Um, so then, all of a sudden, we all know in our textbooks what the, uh, the the cross section of the Earth looks like. They show us all the different layers and the liquid, molten, magnetic, uh, impossible middle. And how would they know that when they couldn't even tell us what's in the skin? How would they know what's there? So again, all lies. So the question is, what's below the flat earth? Nobody knows. What's below the ball earth? Nobody knows. It's all lies. So eight miles is the deepest we can go. I'm sure the creator has something amazing down there that supports the earth. I don't know what it's supported on. I believe that we are within waters, waters above and waters below. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, everything NASA talks about in space is in nautical terms, you know, ships and, you know, the, the ocean craters on the moon and all sorts of stuff. So, again, speculation. Nobody knows. And words have meaning, don't they? Absolutely. <laughs> you look at the words that they use. Uh, NASA will never use the word photograph when they talk about the Earth. Image, yeah. Yeah, images yeah. and pictures. They'll never use the word photograph because they don't want to lie. Well, that's not an accident. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the fact that you don't want to lie and that you've been so forthright and so forthcoming, David, because for a lot of people, it's such a very difficult, tricky subject, as it was for you in the beginning, six years ago or whatever length of time it was, as it was for me when I first started to look into it and saw my paradigm shatter beyond all belief. But there is no doubt that over the past particularly two years, in my experience firsthand, there has been a complete softening and an opening up to this kind of information. And I think ultimately truth has a resonance. And I think it's something that we can't ignore forever. If something is true, the truth does always come out one way or another. And we are beings of frequency and beings of resonance. And I think that phrase, the ring of truth, is something that has taken on more and more meaning for me as my life has gone on. And there's just something about the way you speak that has that ring of truth for me. So I would ask once again, before I let you go, tell us about the app. Tell us about how people can find out more about your work, your information that you would like to give to them and anything else you want to get in there. If Flat Earth was a PSYOP and wasn't real, it would be gone a long time ago. If NASA, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Bill Lye... Um, could come out and just prove it, they would have, but they can't. You know, put a camera on the moon, which is always the same side, always facing the Earth. Show us an eclipse from there. Show us the Earth spinning. They can't, right? All the stuff they show us is utter garbage. So, um, and it's because it has truth in it. I am doing, I am, I'm living, I'm, I'm living the most true life. I'm doing what I love. I'm spreading truth. I'm helping people see that they are way more than they think they are. I'm increasing people's lives. Uh, life only gets better once you allow it to. And, and the reason, you know, um, the reason that there could be millionaires and then they go broke and then they become millionaires again while other people are just paying their bills and, 
not being, you know, and staying there the whole life is because that's what you are creating. That's, that's, you create that cycle. Um, and, and your, your thoughts create your reality. That's the psyop. They don't want you to know that. So where you can find me, the best place is the app, the Flat Earth Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app. If you just Google, um, not Google, if you go to the App Store or the iOS Store and just put in Flat Earth Clock, it'll come up. It's by Blue Water Bay. There's a free rip-off one that is horrible made by some Globers that feed you bad information with the exact same name in the Android Store. Um, feel free to get that if you want and leave a, leave a review after you use it and realize it's not my app. <laughs> um, so the, so just flat earth clock, it's called the flat earth sun, moon and Zodiac clock app by blue water Bay, just to make sure you have the right one. And again, take the challenge, share it with some friends. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's, you know, I'm, as I said, I'm never bored. You know, if I wake up early, like, oh, my God, it's 4 o'clock, I'm thrilled. I got four hours before I have to even talk to anybody. Yeah. I got four hours to research. This is amazing. So, you know, life is supposed to be great, and the the elite have us believing that we are uh, going to die at any second due to circumstances out of our control and believing utter nonsense and giving away our divinity. Um, this is a way to take it back and uh, – and to not consent. You know, one other thing I wanted to say is, um, you know, people say, well, I'm only one person. I can't do anything. That's the psyop. You're one person. You can do a lot. Hmm. All you have to do is not consent. The other place you can find me is my YouTube channel is the initials for deep inside the rabbit hole. Just D-I-T-R-H. And I have a lots of short videos, like a five-minute video is a long video for me. Um, and that really uh, can... Uh, Hit hit home there, but again, you could find those all on the app. The app is uh, the best two ninety nine you could ever spend on an app. I have the power. You have the power. We have the power. David Weiss not only has it been brilliant talking to you today, but you have given a lot of people the most welcome ball ache I could ever imagine. Thank you for joining me on Alchemy. Thank you. Nobody likes having their ball taken away, but once you realize uh, it's nothing to hold on to, life is amazing. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of Alchemy. Thank you for tuning in and thank you, of course, for your donations which keep the show afloat and in its current advertising-free format. If you would like to donate, the links are on the website. It's very, very simple to do so. We've a number of very interesting guests coming up in the coming weeks. And if you have any guest suggestions, you can get in touch with me, of course, via the website or social media as well. We've recently made our presence felt on Instagram. So if you want to follow there, it's alchemy radio underscore and we're on all other social media. So get following, join the community and keep the discussions going. Until next time, I have the power, you have the power, we have the power. once told me to do a search online search for photos of earth he said this shit will blow your mind so i opened up the google and i looked for photos of earth well a lot of photos came up he said click on the first he said that's the famous blue marble that everybody's seen we've seen this photo a thousand times upon our tv screen 
But let me tell you something about that famous shot. It's not a photo at all, man. It was made in Photoshop because there ain't no photographs about somebody tell me why. They're all just Photoshop cartoons. They're all just CGI. No photographic proof of a code. No, not at all. Why the hell can't no one take a photo of this ball? He was goddamn right. That shit did blow my mind. Because I thought the blue marble was a photo all this time. Well, don't you think that's strange? He, he said suspiciously. Now, the fact that it ain't a photo seems pretty weird to me. I mean, the most important photo that man could ever take? This huge, iconic image turns out to be a fake? Well, I couldn't quite believe it, man. I, I was pretty shocked. I needed further proof that this photo's photoshopped. He said, look up Robert Simmon. He made that cartoon ball. He's the guy you should research. He works for NASA and all. He openly admits that it's all just artistry. He said, and I quote, it's photoshopped, but it has to be. There ain't no photographs, but somebody tell me why. They're all just Photoshop cartoons. They're all just CGI. No photographic proof of a code. No Every photo of the earth is artist trickery. All the photos on Google, man, are as fake as fake can be. Download all the photos and put them side by side. Compare all the continents. They're each a different size. Compare all the colors, each globe a different shade. If all of these were photos, man, they should look the goddamn same. Where's the continuity? There's none. No, none at all. All that NASA gives us is a bunch of cartoon balls, cause there ain't no photographs, but somebody tell me why. They're all just Photoshop cartoons, they're all just CGI. No photographic proof of a code, no, none at all. Why the hell can't no one take a photo of this ball? Now we're supposed to have this telescope, right, that's flying past the stars, taking beautiful photos of Jupiter and Mars. Well, I've got a small suggestion, NASA. Here's something you could do. Point that thing at planet Earth and take a shot or two because there should be goddamn thousands of photos of where we live. But Hubble ain't taken one. That's suspicious, don't you think? We got all these fancy pictures of spinning galaxies, but not one goddamn photo of the Earth for us to see. Cause there ain't no photographs, but somebody tell me why. They're all just Photoshop cartoons, they're all just CGI. No photographic proof of a code, no, none at all. Why the hell can't no one take a photo of this ball? There ain't no photographs, but somebody tell me why. They're all just Photoshop cartoons, they're all just CGI. No photographic proof of a code, no, none at all. Why the hell can't no one take a photo of this ball?
Alchemy. Care. Will. Intelligence. Imagination.